Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're covering Season 4, Episode 16, the season finale, entitled A. A. Just A. Yeah, a. Not, not the Fonzie A, just the letter A. Not the Canadian A. Should we talk about why it was called A right now? I think we can save it for the cast. <laughs> this is the cast. <laughs> save it for the appropriate time in the cast. Okay, all right. Uh, so we talked a lot about what we thought of it. We both really thought it was good in the instant cast. My opinion has not wavered from that at all. In fact, I think it's better the second time around. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> okay. No, no, addi- I, no additional comments. It is... Um, I, someone said it best, I think it was on Facebook, that this felt like, uh, you know, the sequel to the series that we should... I forget how they phrased it, but basically this feels like a late season episode of a show that I would have been a lot more engaged in. Like, and you, you were talking about this okay. earlier today, you had seen something on Reddit where someone said that they felt, felt like this episode is very dissimilar to other episodes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt the same way too. Mm, I, I totally disagree. Like, the way, the way this episode was crafted... Mm-hmm. is on a superior level to anything I think we've seen this whole 4, 4B. I think you're right about the technical aspects of it, yes. Like, the editing, I think, is much better. Um, just the the storytelling makes a lot more sense in a lot of cases. But I think it's not a, a grand departure from the rest of the, the season because none of kind of the tricks that they've used have been different. I mean, they've done a lot of characterization throughout the season. That's what these flashbacks were all about for Rick. Do you think, because we thought about talking about this, Kirkman did a uh, interview on thewalkingdead.com where he kind of talked about these things that Gimple is trying, like where they're doing overarching season arcs. Um, And I think this is kind of like their crowning moment on that. It's like, oh, see, this is what we've been building to all season. I've got an opinion on that. What is your opinion? My opinion is that is a fairly accurate assessment of the season as a whole, not the half season. I think the season as a whole has come around from Farmer Rick to the the fate of the prison and now to him kind of accepting both sides of the coin, both sides of his personality. Yeah. It's really hard for me to put that in the can context of the entire season because i really liked the first five episodes going back to four yeah, me too i thought it fell off a cliff with the governor storyline <laughs> and i know that's a polarizing i'm not here to argue that not on the cast it's not <laughs> for for aaron and jim we did not like the return of the governor and mm-hmm. how they handled that and how they tried to make him more sympathetic then the season finale was pretty good um, a lot of that was real cool, but a lot of that also was Rick character growth. Mm-hmm. We had some good moments with Carl and Rick and Michonne in this season. We had some really spectacular moments with uh, Carol and Tyrese. Yeah. Glenn and Maggie is huge miss. Oh, for me too. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but Sasha and Bob, even though I didn't buy how they got there, when they finally got to, they're kind of like will they won't they mm-hmm. i was actually engaged by that the season finale i think knocked it out of the park so yeah if i would if i was asking a follow-up or just making an observation of what kirkman was talking about i think i'm all for more character development and more um you know 
plot that isn't just of the episode and moving forward, but themes that you build and look back and like, ah, mm-hmm. I think they really need to work on making the whole thing engaging. Yeah. You can take yeah. an episode or two to catch your breath, but people still get antsy. I mean, you remember when we'd re when we would, uh, uh, you know, cover breaking bad, mm-hmm. you know, there'd be always an episode or two in the middle where kind of things lulled and people would get antsy and it was always just to set the pieces up for the next clusterfuck. That's the thing. It's such a trick to keep everyone satisfied. I get Especially it. Especially with a show like Walking the, the Walking Dead where a lot of people aren't in this for the same reasons that the right. rest of the the viewers are. But here's the thing. You know, keeping it interesting I think also involves, you know, giving a shit at the script level, giving a shit yeah. at the director level and, you know, Scott Campbell and or Scott Gimple and uh, Angela Kang gave a shit on this script, yeah. and Michelle McLaren directed the holy hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Not just the action, which is she's kind of known for as like the pit, you know, the the, the pinch hitter for action um, on Breaking Bad, on Game of Thrones, <laughs> and lots of stuff. But she uh-huh. also just some of the quieter moments, which we're going to talk about. I we will. I actually really wrote down a lot of things I liked in this episode because it's easy to say, oh, the direction's great. It's yeah. another thing to actually yeah. say, this is what this director is bringing to the table. Uh-huh, and th- these are the reasons that I enjoyed the direction in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, once you start paying attention to it, you kind of become that much closer to being a television snob. A little bit, It's yeah. like, you know, when you, fire, you try your first $20 bottle of wine, it's like, <laughs> oh, God, a three-buck chuck is shit. And then, you know, yeah, it's like... a three-buck chuck is a bad example, because... It's like a $15 bottle of wine. Okay. <laughs> this, but it's yes. debatable. But yes, the $5. Or it's like, you know, like we were just talking the other day. Boone's like, Farm is pretty shit. I had a really strong preference for Coors Light. Sure. Up until about five years ago, and someone's like, you should try this craft brew stuff. And yeah. now having a strong preference over a light beer brand seems ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. So I've become that much closer to being a beer snob. Sure. It's like once you start paying attention to that, it, it, it takes your appreciation of things to a whole new level, but also mm-hmm. becomes very hard to watch bad decisions. It does, yeah. Watching bad TV gets harder and harder for me every year that we do these podcasts because we're so critical of them. And that's the thing. Like, Walking Dead is not bad television. No, no, not by a long shot. But it, go to the CW or the Sci-Fi Channel for yeah, bad yeah, yeah. television. <laughs> but when they have, like, let's say in the more average realm and then – yeah. When the director – when you have a first-time director and they make some missteps and some inexperienced writers not really understanding the characters or what the actors are capable of, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it becomes a much bigger problem. Yeah. Now, I, I'm with you. I, I think this season, aside from, you know, a couple of episodes that have been obvious missteps, um, the, the governor arc, in my opinion, being completely a misstep uh, – and then maybe an episode or two uh, being obviously bad. Like, mm-hmm. episode number two in this half season was mm-hmm. bad, in my opinion. Um, it, we didn't mention Daryl and Beth when we were kind of recapping the storylines. Uh, that's one that I felt I liked, but I know a lot of people didn't like. And if you if you discount those episodes as good episodes, the half season gets a lot worse. Yep. So and, and that's kind of where those people are coming from, I think. And I have a weird thing where, like, I kind of like that, but I also didn't really connect with the Carl and Rick material, which surprised wow. me. Wow. Which means those yeah. episodes, instead of being solid hits, were kind of like, eh. So, huh. yeah, I am I still think the strongest Walking Dead's ever been um, has been, like, the second half episode, 
or season two through the first half of season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still, I'm waiting for them to put together eight episodes better than that one. Um, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean, back to back to back, that's hard. Uh, and I don't think they've done that consecutively. I think they they have a very strong season in season four as a whole. Okay. Um, Stronger than any single season previous. I, I give I give it a pass on season one because season one is so short. Yeah, it's like it's, six episodes, seven it's episodes. Though. It's not hard. Like sometimes when I go back and we'll rewatch season two because I'm doing that a lot of late. Yeah, working on phase two, of my secret project. Um, it's a lot more watchable than I remember it. <laughs> okay, but we we really hated Lori. That was the thing. Well, it wasn't just Lori. They, I mean, Andrea shot Daryl. I mean, there's a lot of just like yeah. what the fuck moments yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, I would say, a lot less of character portrayals. Okay. In season, okay, there you go. A lot less character portrayals in season four. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of puzzling. What the hell, you know, kind of thing. Like the, for example, last episode we both agree with Glenn going through the tunnel. Sure. Horseshit start to finish. Yeah. Te- well, t- terrible ideas on Glenn's part. Mm-hmm. The, the tunnel sequence, yeah. V- very bad. Uh, let's get into the recap. Yeah, I've been talking for a long say, time. Yeah, this uh, feels like a season wrap-up. This episode, we will get to that at some point, I'm sure. Uh, so this episode starts off with a flashback, and we get a lot of those throughout the episode. Um, some people hated that. Some people loved it. I liked it. Uh, Rick and Maggie and Glenn are coming back from a run, uh, apparently. And then we get a close-up of bloody Rick in present day sitting by the car, and you can see kind of the difference between... The two Ricks. <laughs> yeah, the passion of the Grimes is what I call that <laughs> that look. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, covered head, toe, and blood. I They did a really good job of reshooting around the prison set that they destroyed. Is that the what they did? Finale. You don't yeah. think they shot this before? No, 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 no. I read that uh, on the net. Um, and oh, they carefully okay. constrained the camera angles. You see that a lot of the exterior shot, they shot low. Yeah. Which has the effect of making everyone look more heroic and badass, but also has the effect of keeping... Shooting the sky. Shooting the, <laughs> mostly the sky and a little bit of fence. And they, they did a lot of tricks like that and extreme close-ups yeah. um, to hide the fact that, hey, the prison has been shot to shit. Yeah. Um, and here's the first, you know, so so that was impressive. Also, compare, like, Andrew Lincoln's acting job in this cold open where he's just sitting there. We see close-up of hands covered in blood. Beard yep. soaked. Everything's just shaking, just a slight bit. Just shaking a slight bit, and, and 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 how everything's just kind of caked and congealed and drying blood, mm. and and the way they had the extreme close up on his hands, his eyes. These are things that Michelle McLaren are doing to amplify his performance. Sure. Yeah, because you could put it on a tripod and you could aim it at Rick Grimes and just shoot, or you could have him very uninteresting. You you could have him try to do more to convey <laughs> what's going on in his character's yeah. head. But it's a, often more interesting to have them do less mm-hmm. and then use the camera to bring out, especially the eyes. Yeah, you can see and the, the hands, the most expressive exactly. features of people's faces and their yeah. bodies. And, and it really gets us interested in how the hell did he get to this point? Yeah, like why is he covered in blood? Yeah. The, so from a writing perspective, this is a very good opening scene, in my opinion. Cer- cer- certainly. And I'm sure a lot of those shots are storyboarded and come from the writing department. But I think mm-hmm. when you have a more experienced director, you know that they are going to take that material and not fuck it up. Like, sure. I shudder to think what some of these action sequences would have been like in some of these first-time Power Ranger <laughs> director hands. Uh-huh. Honestly. Um, 
So thank God we got a really, uh, you know, an, an all-star director that came in kind of out of nowhere. So yeah. Another cool little thing about this scene is while they're showing you his hands and his close up of his face, they're not doing much with the audio either. And that nope. really sells it and lets it play. Yep. Uh, I, I really appreciate not just the use of music, but the lack of music sometimes. Mm-hmm. So then Carl, Rick, and Michonne go out to check the snares together so Rick can kind of teach them how to set up a trap. They're hungry. Uh, they are very hungry throughout this whole episode, basically. And uh, they talk about how they're going to uh, – about getting closer to Terminus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like the amount of leaves that were falling in this scene. Did you notice? I mean, just leaf after leaf after leaf dropping down their heads. Well, they shot this heads. stuff in, you know, October and November of, of last year. Sure. So it makes sense, and they, you know, I, I liked how that kind of setting, mm-hmm. the little chill in the air kind of did a lot, I think, to set the mood and atmosphere. Sure. And also, again, just want to go back to the direction. Um, look at the use of establishing shots in this episode. Like, for example, them getting up from the campfire, going to check the the – the rabbits on the rabbits going down the trail. Mm-hmm. There's like six different establishing shots where the group got up. You had a quick cut of them walking to the left of the screen. They entered at extreme distance from the right of the screen. So you don't break, you know, think of like legend of Zelda. You go at the left of the screen, you appear on the right. Yeah. It doesn't break <laughs> your audience's sense of direction. Then they kind of establish that. And then they get the extreme close up. The camera pans around you. It's, it's very <laughs> subtle psychological cues that sure. we've been taught to expect after watching a hundred years of cinema. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's fairly you, basic stuff too. And as far you, as film school, goes. if you don't do that, it really bothers you on a subconscious basis. And then when things start moving fast, it makes it extremely hard to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen bad examples of that in this series before. So it's nice to have a good one. Yeah. Just that, that kind of stuff like that just really grounds the scene. Um, and I also like the, the choice of skipping the zombie kills. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in the Walking Dead's history, it's not that interesting to see them square off against a lone zombie. Sure. And well, they also do something more with this. When when Rick and Carl are talking and he says, what are we going to do when we get to Terminus? He says, we're going to tell them who we are. And then Carl says, how, how do you say that? Who are we? Yeah. Uh, and he asks that question, and then we see Michonne, or, or, or then the walker comes out of the woods, and all of them immediately have their weapons up. Yep. I think that's very expressive of who they are. Right. Uh, so th- that serves multiple purposes there. That's the kind of stuff I like to see. Yeah, but I just like the fact that, you know, zombie killing is kind of boring. Get to the yeah. interesting stuff, which is the character development and uh, seeing what this group is being molded and forged into in this episode. And, I mean, in the next scene, you can show us an awesome face bite. Like, I'm sure. okay with that. <laughs> that part works for me, too. Uh, and that's when Rick tells Carl how to set up a proper snare, which is very important to this episode. How to funnel him down the trail. <laughs> uh-huh. To where the noose is set. Uh, and then Carl hears somebody screaming, and he runs off to help him, but Rick stops him. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we get the awesome face bite of clearly someone who just lost his group because he never would have survived that long without them. <laughs> um, actually, a fairly terribly stayed shot. Yeah. Because the zombies have him fully encircled in a half circle. Uh-huh. And he could have literally ran towards Rick anywhere in a 180-degree arc of towards Rick and easily escaped these guys. Yeah. But he didn't, and at least they went for broke on the gore. They did. It, that I mean, was tear, incredible. Tearing his skin away from that guy's orbital bone. Yeah, and I think maybe a chunk of his eye, too. It, his it, eyeball. Oof. 
it's it's you know again if you're going to but but again they had that one kind of splash shot and then the people were running from the zombies and we jump cut away to something else more interesting because again yeah. who gives a shit seeing them fight through another random pack of three or four zombies in route to freedom sure yeah you get one kill and then it's a flashback to herschel uh waking rick up for the first ever shift in the walker rotted yard right yeah seems like herschel's about to take him out to the yard yep uh he's recruiting him as a farmer uncle yeah. herschel needs you and uh we'll talk a little a bit farmer <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about what that all means and and why it was in the episode and also introduces beth rolls a caregiver which we kind of like you know we're dumped in the middle of last season we see how all these things happen he goes full-on yoda and says your weapons need them you will not and, <laughs> yeah uh just get in the way they will yeah <laughs> Uh, and then Michonne kills a walker on the road, and we find out that they are very hungry uh, once again. And I thought that disgusting road zombie. Uh, yeah, that road zombie was pretty good. I, it, I'm trying to deduce like how it got there because it has like half a leg and there's no like flesh on it. Like, how did that walker get to the road? Did it get run over in the road? Yeah, I think he died on the road. And then has been slowly stripped of maybe he got hit by a car, which means he couldn't walk. Eaten by birds and animals, and and then yeah, so like you know, wolves come. Uh, I don't know about wolves, but uh, wild dogs, coyotes. Hmm. What's Georgia okay. brown bear or black bear? Probably. Yeah, but yeah, sure. Cougars, tons of cougars in Atlanta here. <laughs> it's just teeming. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh, so Rick tells Michonne. Uh, or, uh, sorry, he talks with Michonne around the fire, and they kind of discuss that, obviously, they're hungry again, uh, what it feels like to be on the road a little bit. Yeah. And they, then they have a real discussion about Terminus and whether it's legit. Mm-hmm. And, and I like Rick's perspective here because he says, we don't get to know until we know. Yep. Like, that's, the, that's the real danger of all of these situations. Even if they're great people that you approach, you just don't know until it's too late. Well, I mean— Imagine, like, what Tyrese's welcome was when they first came to the prison. And think about if that group was on a slightly worse day, Mm -hmm. what their reaction. Or what if they happened to come upon them right after or, you know, right before the governor attack or in the middle of the governor attack. I mean, a lot of the stuff is timing. Sure. Um, But, yeah, I did like the, you know, well, they're letting people in. But, yeah, so did the governor. (laughs) Uh Just really hammering home that you don't know. You can't know. Yeah. And so I think that is part of this synthesis of Rick in this episode is he needs to – yes, there are times when you can start to let down your guard a little bit, but it always has to be there. Mm. Otherwise, you'll fall into traps. Uh, so Joe's group finds Rick, and they hold him at gunpoint while Daryl tries to intervene. A uh, stupid question. Yeah. It's not literally New Year's Eve, is it? I don't – I don't see how it could be. You know, harsh Georgia winter being what it is, you know, they do seem to be a little bit bundled up other than but Abraham. But there's too too many leaves still on the trees, right? Okay, good point, good point. I mean, after Christmas, you're... Yeah. You're, I, they're bare trees everywhere. I was... I thought that that was metaphorical about, you know, but with his fucking uh, weird... I and mean, this is funny this, coming from me, I know. Okay. But with his weird folks' expressions and comparisons to everything, it's like <laughs> I was like, wait, is he, is he being serious now? Yeah. And, and I mean, Rick does have a pretty thick jacket on. Yeah. I mean, he's got a wool jacket, like bomber jacket. Right. 
So who knows? But Abraham still rocking the the sleeveless shirt. Oh yeah, He's in got the, the middle uh, of autumn. The the uh, OG uh, wife beater on. Yep. Government issued wife beater. So then Joe has his men beat Daryl while they attempt to rape Carl, but Rick doesn't like that so much. And he does what he's got to do. Uh, what do you want to say about this scene? <laughs> you, were they still saying that Joe's group wasn't so bad on Reddit this week? That's what I my, my first yeah. I mean, was. I I really can't tell how Reddit judges Joe at this point, <laughs> but I don't think they still. You can't you can't excuse the attempted rape of Carl. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, they didn't actually rape Carl, so maybe they're not so bad. No, no, fuck you. <laughs> they were bad from the very beginning. A lot. Another thing, a lot of people I could just judge from feedback, which I'm not going to read, were questioning. I think people got confused in a dialogue later with Daryl. Um, but Daryl didn't know that they were hunting Rick until he walked into that, that clearing at this point and saw them. Yeah. Because people are like, you'd think if he knew – because the way he kind of has a little bit of a mush mouth and a little bit of whisper – and if you're not listening extremely close, you could get the impression that he spotted Rick like a day ago when they first laid eyes on him and knew that they were hunting. And they're like, that's the best you had you could come up with in a day of rehearsal <laughs> is these are good people. Uh-huh. So it, it as soon as he came out, it's like, oh, shit, I got to think on my feet. Um, and also, if you take Daryl at his word, he didn't know that these were bad men. He thought maybe they were bad men like himself. Or at worst, mm-hmm. his brother. Yeah. Um, although, man, what? Where is Merle's line? I never felt like I get, had a good handle on that. Merle's line? You mean? Yeah. Like where? I don't think he would like rape Carl. Sure. But he, I don't think he'd be above raping bad anybody else or murdering or doing whatever. Sure. I, I think Merle then, was roughly as bad as these guys. Honestly. And then you do shake and bake meth. Uh, Merle, and it's yeah. on a whole other level of what the fuck. You oh, know? yeah. Um, so, again, it's kind of hard for me to believe that Daryl didn't see some of this stuff coming. Yeah. I, from what they had showed him, I, and he says this later when he's sitting down at the car with Rick, mm-hmm. he says they had a code. It was stupid, but it was something. Yeah. And maybe he feels like that was enough to keep him with this group until he found something better. Yeah. And, and he says, even in this scene, he was about to take off, right? Like, he yeah. had heard they were searching for this guy for a day, and they had spotted him. He was about to take off because he didn't want any part in that. Um, but then he saw it was Rick. It's funny because I got to give kudos to AMC for allowing this scene to be filmed because yeah, it was yeah. a very powerful scene. And say what you will about The Walking Dead, I'm at the point where... It would not surprise me if anyone died. Okay. It would be shocking for Rick to die uh-huh. or for Carl to die or Michonne to die, but it's not without beyond the realm of possibility enough that in scenes like this, I don't think that, oh, shit, Daryl might die here. Sure. And that might provide the distraction needed for Rick to do. You know, I didn't see, uh, you know, Rick. And also for letting them, like, that scene – where he tears this dude's throat out <laughs> yeah, and then slow motion sprays it out with the blood. It's savage. Uh, yeah, it's Survivor Kill of the Week. It's something sure. out of – like I think the most <laughs> violent show on television right now is like Boardwalk Empire. Huh. Okay. In, in I haven't re- seen new, ep- new in, seasons in, in, of in, a, in a realistic kind of like – I mean Banshee's pretty violent and there's stuff like that. And Walking Dead's got the fucking fake blood splatter. <laughs> but 
things get just medieval in uh, in Boardwalk on a regular basis, and this is as 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 real as any of that stuff, man. Sure, and I mean when he guts this guy like a fish. Oh my god! Uh, Starts at the belly button, works his way up to the heart, and then it's, it's, I counted him. 17 stabs after you counted the stabs, gutting. You sick fuck. I counted stabs. My God. They, the, the world wanted to know, man. They punched Carl. <laughs> they punched him. Oh, okay. No, no, but it's like, you know, a grown-ass man striking a child. They and holding... shot a girl last episode. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, it, two episodes ago, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it was Liz. No. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm saying I'm like, that. I'm saying like they close up sh- punched a kid. There's a guy on top of him holding him down. It was it it was really tense and uncomfortable. Oh, certainly in the bald cave watching this. And stuff. I'm glad they went there because we knew that they had done that in the comic, um, and and that that was going to be something that we weren't sure if they would attempt. Yeah, and Joe severely underestimates Rick and his ability to withstand a point-blank gunshot to his ear. Yeah, come on. And and that was uh, the, his he, he, eardrums. He to him. His eardrums are all scar tissue at this point. His eardrums are callous like a mechanic's thumb. Yeah, certainly. That's you know taking a taking a a nine millimeter shot or whatever the hell buys. That's like mother's milk. For he him. has fired his python inside a tank a foot <laughs> yeah. from his face. He's not uh, afraid of that. No, hell no. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's that that uh, that I guess, and and here's where I guess the theme of the episode. We're seeing him finally synthesize the yeah. wisdom of Herschel, mm-hmm. which is basically, come on, don't be a warrior. You can be a farmer now. Yeah, um, I'm not sure exactly how we got there though. Is it just Rick trusting that he knows when to flip the switch? I th- certainly. I think so. I mean, because he says in those flashbacks, like, I'm going to be a, a farmer for now. Like, this is this is what we need to be for now. And Herschel taught him that. Um, I mean, along the way, he has just seen the bad things that have happened because he was too much like a farmer. Mm-hmm. And the bad things that have happened because he wasn't enough like a farmer. Right. And I think he's finally realizing there is a line that I can I can tiptoe across here. Right. Um, and that I need to. That's the most important thing. He has to be that to protect Carl. Right. Uh both both physically protect Carl and emotionally protect Carl because we can see throughout this episode what Carl is becoming and how Rick is struggling trying to keep him from just becoming one of Joe's group, essentially. And they also made a really cool choice right before the commercial break while Rick is doing his, you know, ice picking as we all count along. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a wrestler slamming some dude's head into a turnbuckle. You know, <laughs> one, two, three. Um, they just do – and this is kind of like a McLaren trademark, but she does this really dynamic, tight zoom in on Carl's face as this is going on while Michonne is cradling. And she's very maternal. Yeah, the reaction shot. Yeah, and that is – for me, a lot more powerful than if we were just seeing Rick continue to gut this guy. Me too. Because once he got, once he slid him from you know <laughs> dick to throat, yeah, that's as bad as it gets, right? Uh-huh. The other stuff was just you know him hulking out. Sure. And you want to see what this scene is doing to Carl? Yeah, because that's an important part of this episode. Yeah. Uh, and, and I really love the shot where he is gutting him, and they're showing Carl's face in focus and the knife going up out of focus like yeah ah oh that's horrifying 
Yeah. Uh, the one thing I thought they could have done better uh, is with Daryl and Joe's group. I feel like that hadn't played out its welcome yet because he hadn't really seen what kind of guys they were, but I wanted him to kind of fall in with that group a little bit more before he saw that because he was still not very much integrated into the group. In my yeah, it, it does feel in retrospect kind of like a missed opportunity or a purely getting Daryl to point A to point B. Yeah. Um, because... It felt like they touched on it, but they never fully committed to it. Right. So, uh, Flashback to when Herschel told Rick that he needs to be a farmer, not a runner. Uh, not going on runs all the time. Uh, and here's where he says, I teach you how to do this, and you teach Carl, which, uh, I mean, he's demonstrating this episode teaching Carl it's, and Michonne how to trap. You said Herschel and Rick, but I saw the ghost of Frank Darabont talking to Scott Gimple. <laughs> okay. We can make How's this so? show better, <laughs> Scott. It doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> All right. What path are you... No, um, I think that... You know, I mean, I don't know. Herschel harping on Carl still shooting that kid. I still have mixed feelings about... Um, Again, what less I'm supposed to take from that because Carl's largely been vindicated. Their life as a farmer didn't really was, – was a foolish. It was a foolish hope. Yeah. And we saw him being – I I, I want to walk back a little bit of what I said last week about how I'm not sure how I feel about Michonne and his relationship um, because there was some really powerful scenes of – kind of her comforting him and her letting her maternal side show, which then paid off in a really emotionally devastating moment between her and him when she was trying to kind of help him see his father in a new light towards the end. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of lost where I was going with well, this, man. Well, I think th th it's really the, – the episode is all about the balance between the two. And I think oh. Herschel's statement here is not necessarily – that you don't want Carl to be a shooter at all. I think it's it's more along the lines of Carl is a shooter. Now teach him to be something else. I see. Because he says he can shoot, we know that. And also Rick being eternally vigilant doesn't have that balance. It's like show him that yeah. you can still be tough and the protector and but you also don't have to this isn't all what life is about. Sure. Because And if it is you end up like Joe's group, right? Yeah, that's exactly that's good, what he's trying to avoid. That's that's a good point because that way kind of, you know, when you fall into what you know. When you fight monsters, you gotta be careful not to become one, <laughs> as they say. Very true. After the uh Joe attack, Carl's sleeping, and Daryl is telling Rick how he came to be with Joe's group, and Rick tells Daryl He's his brother. There's a, a definite solid bond between these guys now. And I, I think – I don't think in this scene that Rick ever thought that Daryl was really with that group. Like, oh, not like with, with, that, with way. that group. Yeah, you know, not with him that way. Uh, what did you think about the fairly quick dismissal of the Beth storyline? <laughs> it was rather quick, yeah. She's gone. I mean, not not as dis – Rick isn't as dismissive as, say, Maggie is. Sure. Um, but still, it's like, yeah, I was with her, and then she's gone, and Rick's like, well, moving on. Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no more doodlebug. Um, the other thing, Daryl's hair just keeps getting more and more <laughs> ridiculous, right? I mean, yeah. if Daryl wasn't as cool and as badass as he is, would we be comparing his hair to Eugene at some point? Because it's pretty bad. No, it's never going to be that. It's bad. not that bad. I agree, but he shaves, it's if bad. He, if he goes, you know, business up front, then we we might have to revisit that. But um, <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't. Because with all that hair in his eyes, I don't know how he's a badass. 
what did you think about uh, when Daryl's trying? Because it seemed like everyone's trying to downplay that this isn't Rick. And Rick's like, he even hmm. has this kind of like rueful smile on his face. He's like, no, it's all me. Yeah. It's not, you know, the whole me, but that's part of me. And mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, I feel like this part of the group, um, Herschel was too good to live in this world. He had a little bit mm-hmm. of the, he had a little bit too much of the Dale problem. But the guys that they have, he has with them, um, and they do a lot of this by showing, not telling. But the people that he has now left are the exact same sort of people. They don't need – like there's not a single person when he uh, later – when he guts this guy that's like, I can't believe you did that. That's sick. You know, what kind of monster you – know, you know, we don't have a Lori Grimes questioning what this means. Well, you know, who's she married to now? We don't have a Dale. We don't have a Scott – we don't have a Shane I'm sorry, either. We don't have a. We don't have, yeah, we which, don't have, which is another important point because that's the opposite side of the coin. Right. That's more towards the governor side. But we don't. Yeah. We've boiled this down to a group of decent people who are also survivors. Yeah. And I, I would like to see them work a little bit on exactly what their ethics and morality are. Sure. Like when does it become okay to strangle someone and leave them for dead just because these guys look like they're in the roughhouse? Like, they touched on that a little bit when they found uh, – with that kid who they took back to the 8 miles out or 18 miles out, whatever it was. Right. Uh, torturing him was a little bit of a hot-button yeah. issue in the group. But there again, I don't know. Uh, it seems like they need to start coming up with some – like Daryl said, some uh, a code of some sort. Sure. Like what is – why are we different? Yeah. Um, I mean we see why they're different. They And what are the values that – help them actually survive in this world right like it's not all gunplay that's not it otherwise shane would still be alive otherwise the governor would still be alive it's not just force it's also something else right that i think rick now understands a lot better Uh, i I just like the fact that nobody's shit is torn up about what they have to do now when it's about survival for sure Uh, at least in this group i wonder if there's and a little more of that is going coming around. into balance at the same time. Like think of like Daryl's come into balance. You know, he opened yeah. himself up uh, to Beth, and you know, he's calling Rick brother now. Um, Michonne, my God, has become a real, living, breathing, <laughs> vibrant character. Yeah. Um, Carl, everybody seems to be the only ones that still are a little off in crazy town, or at Glenn and Maggie. Maybe it's just hormones, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I hope we see a little bit... Uh, a, a little more subtle approach with them next season. We'll see. So Rick and company find a Terminus sign, and they go through the woods so they can find out uh, who they are before they're spotted. This is this is all by itself reason to say this is the best episode of the season. <laughs> they actually did something very smart. What if they would have gone through a dark tunnel to get there? <laughs> um, well, they avoided that fucking tunnel by going off the beaten path. Yeah, they did. It's remarkable that nobody else did that, but I guess it might be, if I'm being generous, a narrative point that, you know, I I feel like this evolution we should have seen at least a season ago. Yeah. But we're seeing it, and, you know, hopefully this is uh, the end of the wishy-washy, you know, crap going forward. Um, sure. I really sincerely hope it is. Yeah, the trouble is, like, so I get that Rick, as a sheriff, would understand some of these entry tactics, right? 
No, whereas, as a man that survived three. That's five, what I'm saying. Whereas the rest of these people should just have picked them up along yeah, the way. Yes, exactly. It's two years now after the zombie apocalypse started. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then Michonne asks Carl why he didn't go with his dad, which prompts a conversation about uh, a few things: how Andre died, her how, son, her son. Yeah. How she found out that the pets kept her hidden, which is something we had been wondering about for a long right. time, and what kind of person Carl actually is. Right. Uh, a lot of good stuff in this scene. Um, the Michonne story alone, we understand why she carried these pets around as a reminder that she should have kept these people safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as punishment for herself. Yeah, it was kind for of not like, doing that. And it was a, an accidental you know, mm-hmm. discovery. I also really I don't I, this scene was very emotionally moving to me and I don't know why other than um Danae Danae just knocked it out of the park with her performance. She did. I mean the dialogue was moving and the, anytime you're talking about losing a baby a baby boy or baby girl and you know feeling betrayal and then also that anger and betrayal you to transfer to yourself and that how she literally became another monster, which we saw that when one of the stronger moments um, of the Carl, Rick, Michonne episode, I think it was episode three. Or no, it was the first one when okay. they came back. And she was walking with the zombies again, and she's kind of going oh, yeah, back yeah. to that mode, and she just fre- she freaked out about it. <laughs> she had that dream, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is putting a lot of this into context and mm-hmm. making that stuff that was already strong even stronger. Um, and well then you done. see the fact, you know, how far she's come in that journey and how Andrea helped her, Rick helped her. And then I think what really got to me is when she said, and you saved me to Carl. Uh-huh. Um, it's just really great. Sure. Um, now it, it turns out though, that Carl's not really afraid of Rick. He, he's afraid of Rick finding out, I think what he is. Like but, what kind of person he is, but I that that's one thing that still doesn't make sense to me after seeing what his dad did, unless this is showing that maybe Rick and Carl to this day feels like, you know, maybe his old man doesn't go far enough. See, I thought it was the opposite. I thought Carl felt like he should be more of a farmer, and he isn't. He should he because his dad has been trying to instill these values in him, like the flashback we see with. Rick telling Carl to leave his gun. It'll just get in the way. Well, yeah, but I mean, when... These when, are lessons that he's trying to pass down, but Carl Carl isn't that kind of man. Yeah, but when he says that I'm a monster, too, like I said, I just don't understand unless he thinks that he should be full-time gun crazy. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's what he, he sees himself as and maybe what he is, but he's try, like his dad's trying to instill different values in him. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see because Rick seems to be, you know, pretty well fused at this point and, and Daryl and Michonne. It'll be interesting to see what uh, further development we have for Carl it's, moving on. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a really good progression for them because Rick has kind of come to understand the lessons that maybe Carl hasn't yet. And and even though Rick is trying to teach him, he's just not equipped to understand those things quite yet. Yeah. So, I mean, so we may see a re-evolution of a Grimes here. Yeah, and, uh, and Carl. Know, so what is he like? Thirteen, fourteen? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, you always got to remember that. <laughs> sure, definitely. So Rick starts another gun farm before they go into terminus. Yeah, uh, gun farm two point oh. <laughs> yeah, and he he really eyes that python for a while before he puts it in there. 
uh, Lucille. I'm wondering if that's not foreshadowing for how they're going to get out of their no, current actually, situation. No, actually, his pet python is Petunia, I just remember. Petunia, yes. <laughs> I, I think that might be foreshadowing, right? Because like, we know Carol and Tyrese are still out there. Maybe they hit Terminus because that's where they're headed, and they they make it in. They sneak in. They hear Rick or somebody screaming, uh, and they're able to contact them and bring those weapons in. Oh, That might I, be interesting. I... I I this is not spoiler informed spoiler speculation. Okay. I think this group's just gonna fucking bust out. Yeah. Okay. They could do that too. Like mm-hmm. uh when Rick says that these, you know, later on in the episode they mess around with people, I, I think they're gonna somehow MacGyver their way out of this situation. Sure. And then go back. I mean, there was a ton of guns in that bag. Yeah. Five, six rifles, a bunch of hand I mean uh, you know, the only thing is Terminus did seem very well armed. Oh, yeah, yeah. They much better than they did. Much better than they did last time. And, you know, as, as I said, when we were talking about the kind of bullshit and how Terminus was stupid, I even said, you know, we could find out next episode. They got snipers on the roofs and everything. <laughs> yep. And that's exactly what happened because this is nothing but a a pre, a, a, a funnel, a snare. A snare, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. If you haven't figured out the big secret, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with the charade. Wait, what? But but the rabbit is Rick. Are you saying that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it's bad bad news here. Yeah, we'll for we'll sure. point out some things. If you're still not on the secret, we'll point out some things you might have missed in the episode. Okay. So once inside, they meet Gareth and the, the lady who's reading the radio message. I don't. What they can't get a tape recorder for this thing. Well, you know, she's she, got to sit there twenty four seven, spouting the same thing. She used thing. to work for the local NPR affiliate. <laughs> oh God, she no, her vo- her voice would be much more dull, <laughs> much more. <laughs> uh, I like NPR. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a big fan too. That's why I can make fun of it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, you were really bothered by that. I was like, I, was. I don't, I don't know. Um, so there's there's a moment here where. They're inspecting their weapons. They haven't put them down on the ground. They look at them all. Um, and then he assigns Alex to kind of show them around. Um, they they look at Carl, and they see his beat-up face, and they say something about, did they deserve it? And uh, Carl's like, yes. Yes, they absolutely deserved it. And I agree, they deserved it. But Rick kind of looks over at Carl and is a little surprised by his reaction to it, or I guess his enthusiasm for Hmm. I didn't. Uh, them I did deserving. Not, I did not pick up on that. It, it was just like a little look of concern that maybe he was too gung ho about killing these guys. I don't mm. know. Anyway, so they're making maps to terminus. We can see. Yep. Um, I'm sure that's probably a detailed process. You got to plan. Okay, where are we going to put these? Along which road? You are here. How far? Yeah, you got to have the. You are here. And... You have to have the skill and the skills of a urban shopping mall planner. Exactly. Um, You're highly I, trained, I'm sure. <laughs> I think that um, crap. Now I've lost my point again. Um, go ahead. Uh, what's oh, her face? Okay. Someone, someone on Facebook. I forget what they said, but they said that when they busted in the back door, it looked like they invaded a tech startup, <laughs> which I thought was super funny. Even down to the yeah. guy whose name was Gareth coming sure. forward and you know meeting them all. Yep. Um, the the lady who is reading the radio message is also looking at a map. 
Uh, probably one of the ones that they made. I'm like, yeah. is she quality control? I, is yeah. that what's going I on? I mean, you, you, they, their quality is impeccable. I mean, you go to the App Store on iTunes <laughs> or Android and go search for Terminus, and their apocalyptic mapping, so it's like five stars, yeah. man, across the board. Apocalypse map. It's <laughs> the, the newest hot app. Uh, so while Alex is showing them around, Rick spots some of the equipment um, – that they had before and Glenn's pocket watch. And he decides he's going to take this guy hostage. Alex. Yep. And uh, I, good spotting Rick. Good spotting. And I love the fact that everyone backs this play instantly. Sure. Like think of Andrea, like with the governor, how she's like, you know, what, what are you guys? Are you, 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 if there are certain people still in this group, a Dale or a Lori, yeah. Um, a Herschel, he, they would have been freaking out about now about how are you impugning on our guest hospitality and why are you acting so crazy? And my God, put your guns down. None of that shit. No, <laughs> it's like Rick pulled and everybody instantly swung into action. Yeah. And we see that throughout the episode when a Walker comes up, everybody's got their everybody's weapons out. ready. They know what to do. And now they know what time it is when it comes to the living too. And that's uh, that's really. But I'm surprised Daryl was like, of how bad I Daryl wasn't like, "Hey, you got my poncho." I mean, as <laughs> soon as he walked, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, that's my fucking poncho. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? You got my poncho, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. shit. I'm gonna beat that poncho out of you. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I I really like that they made Rick smart enough to know this is our stuff. Yep. Uh, and apparently, I guess one of the umbrellas behind Mary. Was one of the umbrellas at the governor's little camp? Yeah, when, when, when he, he met Tara and everybody. And, uh, yeah, what's his face? Martinez. I, I don't know if that's I got just to do it one more time. <laughs> one more butchering of a name. I don't know if that's just recycling props or if that was like a little Easter egg thing or what. But it was, probably it was interesting. But I also yeah. don't think the Gimple was like grab that you know umbrella no. and put it behind me. Yeah, no. Uh, so we get a flashback again to Patrick building Lego sets while Carl is stripping his gun and cleaning it. And Rick tells him to leave the gun behind because they're going to farm. Such a nice camera move where we follow Rick's transition from crouching down to Patrick to walking over off frame as it pans and, and, and so, you know, loses the focus on Patrick and then puts the focus on Carl and he's, he's field stripping a gun and using a, child's coloring book as a gun mat <laughs> it's such a great such a great scene it such says a great so take. much about carl without a single word yeah it's way more than him like you know jumping the gun slightly on killing a woodbury tough sure yeah some poor asthmatic kid absolutely um, it's it's a lot lot more artful yeah uh then we go back to the standoff of terminus and gareth calls for a shot with his little hand gesture there, uh, Rick <laughs> spots it and spins the guy around and uh, blocks it. And then they chase Rick and company through a maze. And Gareth already is smarter than the governor because the governor would try to bullshit him out the situation. But I love how Gareth is fairly smart for a TV villain. Mm-hmm. He's like, what's there to talk about anymore? You don't trust, you know, you don't trust us. Sure. Yeah. The, the trust is not going to be won back by my speech here. Yep. So let's just go ahead and do this. <laughs> Uh, so this was weird to me because Gareth definitely calls for a sniper shot or some kind of shot here to take Rick out, but yet they then don't want to take Rick out. Uh, so they're unwilling to kill them. 
I thought after the I fact. thought that was deliberately targeted on Alex. You thought they were going to take out their own guy? I know that's exactly what happened. But only because Rick spun him around and no, shot I think him. the sniper took the shot. You think someone from behind? There's no fucking way he spun. It doesn't matter who who took the shot. You're it right. came from behind. You're right. Well, maybe the plan was to kill. And Rick spun him around. Well, was to kill Rick and then just kill Rick and hurt the rest. Yeah. Or the plan was to take Alex out of the equation so they could then you know, take care of the rest. You're right. That doesn't make much sense given what we see of their creed. I don't know. I mean, maybe Rick was the ultimate threat there because he had a hostage, and let's just get rid of the hostage, and then we've got the power. Yeah, th- this know. honestly, this is kind of the worst part of the episode. The chase? The chase, because uh-huh. it went on entirely too long in too many locations, and it, it, I felt like they didn't trust us to know that they were being herded. Like, in fact, at one yeah, point, yeah. they're like, they're not even shooting at us. They're just shooting at our feet. It's like, well, no shit. We saw that for 30 seconds. The first time we saw it, I tweeted on uh, – yeah. I, I sent out a tweet that said, these guys are the worst snipers ever. And then it went on for 30 seconds, and everybody was like, well, they're herding them. And I was like, yeah, well, I get that now because they've shown it for a minute and a half. Right. No, you're just that <laughs> stupid, Jim. Jesus. God damn it. Um, I certainly looked that way on Twitter. I also think the other thing that didn't help was just the kind of terrible special effects work on the actual bullet impacts. Oh, just little splashes of dust? And the light, yeah, it just wasn't really hmm. wasn't working for me. I thought, again, okay. they didn't have to... You didn't have to spray their feet 50 bullets on each shot. Like, you know, just maybe a, a shot or two to keep them moving in the one direction. Because it was just yeah. so obvious. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just wanted to shower down bullets so they couldn't go. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, this was definitely the weakest part of the episode, in my opinion. Just the chase. But where they where they went to, they, they find this chamber that we had to freeze frame and take a look at. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, and then after they leave the chamber, they get surrounded outside. Do we want to talk about the chamber a little bit? The things um, you noticed in there? Let's talk about a couple things. First, before they got to the chamber, we... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You pass <laughs> a very easy-to-miss scene of just a massive pile of human, human skeletons. Yeah, human with a, skeletons. With very little meat on their bones. They've been excarnated. Yeah, pretty disturbing. Like, during the episode, I tweeted, the pile. they ran past a pile of bones. Oh, God. Um, like you, you, you ran past some cargo containers that had people screaming for help and banging from within, like "Please help us, help us!" And yeah. Rick even stopped and kind of did a double take before mm-hmm. another hail of bullets herded him into the direction they need to go. Yep. Then we get to the shrine. We got to Terminus's version of Carcosa. <laughs> okay, uh, let's not talk too much about the shrine yet because I want to talk about the path they're on. Okay. Uh, the bride's path, as you would the, call the, it, probably. The bride's path. <laughs> uh, Every door they come to in this chamber, the the train car that they eventually end up in, somewhere along the wall during the maze, it says A, A. which is the name of the episode, and we know where that all leads to. Uh, I assume that the people, that there is another path, that why would they just have an A path? It would be the path. That's the path that'd lead, like, Glenn, Abraham, and Maggie on. The, the B path. The B path. <laughs> the, the people that are actually a threat and hard to deal with are the A path. They get the full sure. respect. Well, it's re- it's we're respective gonna, of their plots, yeah, right? We're going to take you past the bone pile. We're going to take you past the screaming people. We want to go <laughs> to the weird shrine. We really want to maximum freak you out and psychological break you. you yeah. know, Glenn and Maggie is just like... B path is sunflowers hey, we and gardens. Show you, yeah, we want to show you something cool in this boxcar. Slam! <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're clearly dumb enough to go down the B path. <laughs> yeah, so. these are B path, B path material. 
Um, did they eat the food? Did they eat the plate? Um, I think yeah, there's something yeah. to that too. The, because the, the, they keep offering them food. Yeah, like the hot plate is an intimate is 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 very much part of their opening spiel, and uh-huh. um, they're confident enough to give these people their weapons back. I, I almost feel yeah. like there's uh, maybe the 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 plates the hot plates are laced with something. Oh, okay. Some uh, roof roof and all is what I'm going for. <laughs> Some roofies, okay. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, the, the A path is there. Clearly, we see it. We don't see all... the B path, but we hear the screaming, which yep. I think the B path is the people who are screaming. Yeah. So now let's talk about the chamber. Uh, well, uh, there's a bunch of weird shot shit uh, all over the place. There's <laughs> slogans: "Never again," "Never trust," "We first always," which is basically uh, this country's post nine eleven policy. <laughs> okay. Um. And and when you combine it with the last episode's name, USA, boom, there you go, boom. Scott Gimple, surprisingly jingoistic uh, <laughs> uh, analysis of The Walking Dead here. Um, they have this spiral of names, mm. of people's names, and some had ages listed, some have locations. Again, we see the A door. Um, what else we want to talk about? There, so it's it's, it's candlelit like Beth's studio, and there's yeah, hundreds yeah. of candles, an improbable amount of candles. Piano in the corner. There's uh, a guitar <laughs> randomly. That's not even a joke. There's no, a that's serious. The floor. Yeah. Um, there's uh, like what do you think happened in here? That's what. I, that's my only question about this. What does it look like to you? What happened in this room? Clearly, people were trapped for a very long time because how do they have time to write their names? Or is this some kind of memorial for the people that? these terminus people have killed well, the never forget never trust implies that something you know because when daryl asked him what the history of this place is he's like hey this is you know um been around since almost the beginning yeah and naturally formed by people following these tracks to the end point i think that that's not a lie i think mm-hmm. that some traumatic thing happened to this group like you know maybe they met a group like the governor or maybe um, they had a, a massive thing of walkers, or maybe they let people in and they, you know, have devolved into in squabbling and a bunch of bureaucratic, democratic bullshit. Or they've lost a, a bunch of people Clearly. a la Bob, you know? Yeah. A couple so, of groups have died here. So they've decided that, you know, uh, and, and, and maybe they were an open, welcoming community at the beginning, but at some point they decided to fuck all that and. Um, become like a, a funnel web spider or something like that, where they're just yeah. The interesting thing, though, is like you said, not all of the names have locations or ages under them. Right. So they clearly didn't know everybody super well. So I'm wondering if these are victims of the terminus people. No, I don't think there's anywhere near enough. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. For two years worth of survival, I think more people probably would have died there. Yeah. No. And, it, and huh. again, the the, okay. the 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 feel of this is a memorial to people they cared about. The candles, never forget. Yeah. Never trust. We first always. Okay. I think this is like you know that like one of our deaths is worth ten of anybody else's. That's kind okay. of the vibe that I got from anyway. Yeah, that makes a lot of Obviously sense. Obviously, don't know exactly what's going on here. Sure. But if you have, if you are. Looking at the very broad hints, it's pretty easy to see what is actually going on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Gareth orders everybody into the train while they have them at gunpoint. And Rick makes sure that Carl goes with them. And they find Glenn's group inside. And again, the same thing. Real sense of dread here. Uh, if they oh, yeah. had killed Carl, 
right as they left him in the courtyard. I mean, again, I didn't really believe they would, but there was a shadow of the doubt enough to make that really tense watching on the first one through. God, bad episode for Carl if they did that. Attempted yeah. rape and murder. Out of the fry, yeah, out of the frying pan and in, into the fryer. Jeez. Uh, and this, this, that's the final scene, man. Um, yep. See, Rick delivers an awesome Glenn and Maggie and Bob, Sasha, Tara, yep. Abraham, everybody, Mullet Man, Rosita, uh, <laughs> walk out of the gloom. Everybody but Carol, uh, Tyrese, and Judith are back together at this point. And I tell and you Beth, what, yes. Um, I tell you what, we. Uh, I, I love the, the the Andrew Lincoln's performance when. Abraham is basically saying, well, you know, we're all friends, but for however long that's going to last. And, you know, Rick's just like, no. And then yeah. they, they have one last cut to, uh, uh, you know, Ghost of Darabont talking to Scott Gimple saying, it could be like this all the time, Scott. You just got to hire better writers, get better directors. <laughs> um, and then it f- smashes back to them being into the train car. And he's like, they're going to feel real stupid. Another yeah. w- weak point in the episode. This was such an awesome moment, but yep. they either needed to expend their F-bomb allowance, they needed to cut back and all the birds flipped yeah. and still, and, uh-huh. and saved up for one muted F-bomb here, or mm-hmm. at the least, they're screwing with the wrong goddamn people. Yeah. They gotta throw a GD in there. They needed Apologies him to curse. Stacey. They gotta throw in the F, an F-bomb. They needed some punch. I feel like the, the person that he has become would probably... Drop an f bomb there. You know, it's funny because we we had a phone call. One of we've been doing some Kickstarter fulfillment. Now we actually got some time to do it. And we've been calling people. Yeah, as we're supposed to do uh, at the end of the second half of the season when we kickstarted the first half. Um, so anyway, we were talking to Tia Marie, and she had a lot of really good questions. And one of the things she talked about is like what we thought or how the show would be different if it was on HBO. Yeah, and it's like, man, this would be. Uh, I, I, it's it's and you can say this about almost every television as good as Breaking Bad was put it on HBO it'd be better well that's the the trouble of it is they can't go as real as I think real people get yeah real people curse all yeah. the time yeah I know a lot of people who curse far more than we do yeah and I think we curse a fair amount sure I think people in a zombie apocalypse would curse a lot I mean, again, it's like if, if, if Breaking Bad is like a 97%, it might have been 99% if it's on HBO because swearing's not everything. Sure. Um, but I think it definitely adds, especially to scenes it like It adds this. in some things. Yeah. Um, I, although I, maybe they it would— It takes away in some ways, too. Yeah, because of the way they dealt with uh, the death of that kid, Drew, uh, in a kind of roundabout fashion made it a little bit more horrific because your imagination comes into play. and Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I think— judicial use of it yes yes, makes a lot more sense and they just can't do that but this scene in hbo if he was able to if they're messed with the wrong fucking people it would have brought that i mean it it kind of did bring the house down but it would have been a really crowning moment of badass where do you put the f-bomb though that's a question they fucking mess with the wrong people they mess with the wrong they're fucking the wrong people done done that's it that's good yeah that's good they mess with with the the wrong wrong people people. fuck yeah (laughs) Doesn't, doesn't quite have the same ring to it all right. Uh, um, I, I really like in this final scene, I want to talk about one last thing yep. that I loved. The reaction shots from everybody. It takes a while and the music builds. Ooh. Yeah. But they go to pretty much everybody from, aside from Abraham and his group. 
and they get the reaction shots on what what is Rick about to say here. They'd be pretty stupid. Uh, they mess with the wrong people. They screwed with the wrong people. It's it's interesting to me that Abraham is immediately deferring to Rick because they show a, a close up of Abraham. I I don't know exactly why they do that. I think maybe because Glenn has kind of been the leader of their group, the de facto no. leader. Why why do you think Abraham's deferring? He made an observation. And then Rick said they're messing around with people. It's not like Abraham rolled over and pissed on himself. No, no, no. But it's it's the shot of everyone just waiting. Is Rick going to say something here? Oh, okay. Like Carl's waiting. Michonne's waiting. Glenn's waiting. Everybody, See, they I show mean, shots of everybody waiting. I, I took that as Rick looking at everybody and seeing what a bunch of badasses he has here. Okay. That we as an all audience right. are supposed That's to look good. at all these dangerous people and every fucking <laughs> one of them. He, yeah, you know, down to uh, yeah. down to Maggie and Rosalita, um, and even f- mullet uh, when he's called to spray <laughs> oh, bullets can God. spray bullets. <laughs> All right, Eugene, you stand okay, as far yeah. away from us as possible. In fact, in fact, uh, excuse me, uh, Gareth, can we move Eugene to the B car, please? <laughs> um, every one of those people I can think of a memorable kill. Yeah. And a yeah, memorable, you're absolutely right. Especially like uh, you know, um, and you and we're I think supposed to kind of realize that history and look at these people's yeah grim fell faces and that's a perfect way to end a season right because it gives you the time to reflect on all the actions of these people before yeah i didn't take it as them hanging on his word i took it no you're right yeah we're we're really seeing like what these people are made out of yeah and how dangerous they are for sure they're screwed with the wrong up at this point you're thinking oh my god tell me how they're going to get out of it now you instantly pivot into (laughs) yeah you're not i'm not locked in here with you you're locked in here with me me. yes (laughs) indeed had the rorschach moment all right well that's it for the episode why don't we do some pimping and then get to people's feedback okay uh well of course we are part of the bald move network uh we find all of our content at baldmove.com and that's gonna be super important because we got some news <laughs> on the, the uh, game of thrones f- feed mm-hmm. our front um we're actually gonna be making some changes here mad brew unfortunately is not joining us this season jim's going to step in to uh, fill his shoes uh but we do have a new feed uh well it's not a new feed we renamed it and changed the logo and did a bunch and of stuff, and iTunes, iTunes it. dropped it. Yeah. yeah, and right now we're kind of in limbo. But Just because we wanted to call ourselves the gods of tits and wine. Yes. I don't understand why you that's so offensive. put tit in a show description, apparently, <sighs> iTunes. I didn't know that. Um, so we're going to get that fixed, but I can't promise that, you know, because I don't have any control. Ever since Jobs died, the whole place has gone to hell. He used to <laughs> respond personally to us when we had a problem with our feed, took sure. care of it. The man yep. knew how to run a company. <laughs> Don't know what's going on over there now, but I can't guarantee that the feed will not be fucked up. Uh, but we will have an instant cast out for Game of Thrones this Sunday uh, within an hour, just like we do on Walking Dead. So that's exciting. Yep. We've got a lot of other changes. Uh, we've been working this whole week on getting our new studio set up. Uh, we'll have probably some pictures and some videos soon of that. That's kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, Mad Men. Mad Men's coming like back in two weeks. out on that. Yeah, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. It'll it's going to be crazy. And also a little thing called Fargo, we, we won't, we may or may not be covering. Unfortunately, because of the schedule of Mad Men and Game of Thrones, we won't be doing an instant cast on Mad Men. Yeah. We haven't figured out how to clone ourselves in space <laughs> and time. Not yet. And as the governor said, it's you know the cast is either instant or it's not. Um, <laughs> so anyway... Uh, that's the this latest skinny on that. Uh, hey, check out our other affiliates. Um, their feeds are not fucked up. 
Personal arrogance out of Seattle. This week they're talking about Facebook surprise taking over of the Oculus Rift. Mm-hmm. Um, some Indiana Jones no- news. The ladies out in L.A., the Bacaw Show, have some Gwyneth Paltrow news. Uh, <laughs> sure. So I'm just going to skip this cast because I can't stand <laughs> She's my kryptonite. It's a very small part of the cast if you don't like Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, good. I'll just fast forward. But they don't like Gwyneth Paltrow either. So. Oh, because I listen to some, and I'm not sure. That... Well, they think she's pretentious like okay, everyone else good. does. Yeah. I just hated her on an instinctual level for, yeah, yeah. for many, many years. It's one of those weird <laughs> things. I don't know why. Um, but I also talk about the latest Franken-pastries, like the Cronut, mm-hmm. um, and play a new game they call Friend or Foe. Up yours downstairs has shifted into uh, Mr. Selfridge mode. Uh-huh. So uh, they're covering the latest Masterpiece Theater on that. Check them out. They're, uh, Tom and Kelly are awesome. We always appreciate your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Again, uh, super critical thing that you guys do to help us out grow our cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, always appreciate you guys using the Amazon affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com. And also check out subbable.com slash baldmove. It's our latest way for you guys to help us uh, pay the bills around here. And you can subscribe. Yep. To the cast and bank you the money you spend to trade in for cool rewards. Sure. That we're going to be making bigger and better. You know, the podcast is always going to be free. Yeah. Take it. Pay for it. Our nope. content our is content always going to be free. Our always going to be free. Yeah. We're never going to charge. No. Um, all we ask is if you can, do something, whether it's on the iTunes front or telling a friend or using the Amazon. we got a lot of ways you can help us out, but we do really appreciate it. Uh, those of you that do take that extra time to help us for sure also subbable is a really awesome way to get in in uh get in in our contest yes because all because the contests we take them all from forward there. are and again it's no purchase necessary so yep. you, that doesn't mean you have to give us money but you do have to register and get an account uh and you can still subscribe for free which helps out somehow with the revenue sharing i don't know exactly but okay. that, that helps out too having said all that look at right into feedback Ed from Chicago says, I kind of like that nobody of the group got killed. I think it actually built the suspense to an all-time uncomfortable level, and that was amazing. We tricked ourselves into believing that someone would have to be invested or we have to be invested in would be killed. So whether a clever trick by the writers or just dumb luck, it ramped up the scene of Carl slowly walking through the train car as the most gut-wrenching moment of the show ever. (laughs) But it didn't happen, and that was actually pretty cool that the writers had the balls not to give us what we expected. Totally agree. And we've talked about that with jump scares before, that the show used to be better at, now not so much, um, at, you know, balancing jump scares that pay off versus ones that don't. So you never could get comfortable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think maybe they thought with um, Lizzie dying a couple episodes ago, they didn't need to kill off someone major. That episode was impactful enough. Right on. Right on, right on, right on. Uh, Noel, the captain, mm-hmm. uh, everything, or she says, everything's better when the writing and directing is on point. But for me, one of the most enjoyable and refreshing upticks last night was in Chandler Riggs as Carl. His acting was top notch, especially the look he gave his father of utter helplessness, long and a touch of anger right before Rick walked into the train car. Child acting on the show has come under fire before. And you guys have correctly pointed out that it's because the kids are given lines of dialogue that are way too heavy. For them to take on, not to mention the inexperienced directing talent, probably not helping. Well, last night, Chandler Riggs was able to work with material crafted for a kid his age, and it showed. Uh, fucking A. Yeah. The very awful scene where he fought off his attacker could have been done poorly, but Michelle McLaren's directing talent helped to pull that scene off as tasteful yet extremely tense a moment as possible. 
Number two, I was a huge fan of the flashbacks because they retconned the entire season's worth of mediocre prison content. Again, see what good writing and directing can do. The few minutes spent with Rick, Herschel, Carl, and the kid who started the infection. Patrick. Vis-a-vis Daryl's crotch rot infected handshake. Provided more characterization <laughs> than an entire season's worth of poorly planned content. Um, so that number two is kind of a backhanded compliment. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> because, like, you sucked before. Well, I mean, I was saying I'm that glad. the whole time. It's like, why didn't we see this? Mm-hmm. And I get it that it's like, well, we're now showing you the theme and all that. But, I mean... Clearly, there was interesting interesting things happening at the prison that could have showed us. There's there's a beautiful the analogy. Prison, the, the prison disease outbreak, in my mind, wasn't the problem. Really no, wasn't. I love the outbreak stuff. It, it, I loved it. Went it went to a good place. I it, thought it, it was it great. It gave Herschel a, a very appropriate send-off. And, and there there is a analogy here just begging to be made with the farming that we see at the very beginning. They're planting the seeds for this season-long arc of a theme. And at the end, we see them harvesting it. It it just it makes perfect sense right. on multiple levels. They're farming, farming on the show. They are. Amanda G says, "I think it's important for Carl to see his dad perform that crazy murder. He was getting a little bit big for his britches, and he needs to realize that he's still a kid." Rick's <laughs> yeah, he son. couldn't even reach the guy's neck. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> and has a lot to learn. And Rick finally needed to assert his top dog status among the group. It was great to see. Was Beth on candle duty before she was relegated to that box, to the boxcar? That was an ass ton of candles that needed maintenance. I'm telling you, they were setting. That's her standard concert setup. I think so. So she was in that room moments before that. Oh yeah, her guitar playing was there, the guitar. Being, being, yeah, yep. She was singing Doodlebug, and that's what motivated them to uh, spray paint on the wall. <laughs> Never forget, never trust, never trust us first. Remember, it's like they're like fuck these people. They said that she could sing. <laughs> she can sing. She's no, good. I know, yeah, I know. We're making jokes. We joke. We joke. Yes. Um, Yardley H says, "I still think that Beth is somewhere else entirely and not at Terminus at all." And it'll be interesting to yeah. see who in the group pays the ultimate price as a result of the Terminus folks screwing with the wrong people. The thing that made me laugh was Dan, the rapist, saying he'll kill Carl to Rick. Then he drops his knife like people drop keys at the door in a horror flick. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes. My only disappointing thing would be the lack of another cast member getting killed off, mainly because if they didn't trim the fat soon, the development of newer characters will probably suffer in the future. Kibble says hmm. he's a fan of the comics. Then he needs to start subtracting some old faces. Fangirls and fanboys be damned. Oh, yeah. Maggie still doesn't ask anyone about Beth when she sees Rick. Fair point, that last one. Holy shit, she jumps around and makes a lot of good points there. Um, she or he? Sorry, I didn't catch the name. Yardley. Okay, I believe both. that is a, a, a she, although now I feel like that uh, that's a super offensive. I have no idea. I don't see sex, what gender- man. Everybody's <laughs> just a genderless construct. Of I have mirrors on my human, ceiling, so I have to intellect. see sex. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, yes, he does. She makes a lot of good points. <laughs> what, is the, what is the first one that he or she makes? Uh, uh, what is the first topic? Because I, I really like that. Um, the fact that Dan the rapist saying he'll kill Carl and then drops the knife. No, that was not it. Okay, it was something else. Whatever. Let's move on to your point. What were you gonna say in response to um, his or her email? I'm going to allow Dan dropping the knife because he just witnessed Rick ripping out a man's throat. Okay. Yeah, he's a little frightened. So. He thinks at this point, if the play is to kill Carl, he's going to 
you know, guaranteed he's got to deal with that man. Yeah, he's got a MacGruber coming to him, <laughs> bare minimum. Definitely. If, yeah. if maybe he throws himself at Rick's mercy, he'll avoid it. Now, bad play. Sure. But I don't think he was talking his particular ass out of that pit, and he was just, you know, I mean, think about if you were Dan, the rapist. Okay. Okay. Let's leave the this child tough... rape. Let's leave that out of the equation. Okay. So I'm just Dan. You're just you're just Dan. You're a, you're you you think you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you horse I'm, around. I'm pretty chubby. I'm you, I'm looking at uh, three hundred. You're clearly the comic relief of this group. Okay. Right. Um, you think you're a badass. You're I'm not a bowman. You're not a bowman. Uh, some guy rips a, your leader's throat <laughs> out, spits it at you in a spray of blood, and uh-huh. then starts advancing towards you with a knife. I don't huh. know that everybody can just make that cool uh, James Bond villain calculation there. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, he gave up at that point. So, yeah, dropping his knife and saying, hey, man, I don't, like, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Seems okay of a reaction. Um. What about uh, trimming the fat of the characters? Do you think we need to kill off some oh. more characters? I I think so. I think in season five, fairly early on, we're going to need to see a couple of them die because they've all kind of matured to a point where we want to see them harvested, right? Oh. Like Herschel needs to come in and harvest some of this fruit because everybody is kind of on the same page. Like you said in the final scene, we're looking around at all the badasses. I think it's more – it's not harvest of fruit – it's slitting the throats of the of, of the infected pigs. <laughs> we can't get any more value. Whatever out of these your guys. analogy, it's, it's yeah. Scott Gimple's going to be riding on the back of a truck. Just psh, there goes Glenn <laughs> riding on the back of a truck. Abraham, psh, uh, Rosalie, psh, yeah, Eugene. Oh, Eugene finally snaps and just takes Car- people you know, he gets out. Gets to Carl. Nah, psh, still anyway. Um, by the way, that's. I- that's but, not spoilers. That was just me sure. randomly rattling off people's names. I, but people I think, get paranoid about this stuff. I think they do need to trim some fat. I think there's some fat that now is ready to be trimmed. I think it's offensive that you call human beings fat to be trimmed, <laughs> but, you know, that's you, Jim. Not my words. Emailer's words. Uh, y- yardly. Yardly. Um, Car- Carolina L. says, Rick went from stray cat to Rick's brother mm. to caged beast. Michonne has finally explained and in a way that completely... Uh, that completed Rick's arc from badass to crazy to badass. Rick himself has not only learned from Herschel, but from the Walkers deploying their lunge and bite technique and yep. perfection in defense of Carl. You know, I, I'm that's it, sorry. I Go brought ahead. that point up in instant cast that this is basically Rick's, beca- you know, learning from all his past enemies. All of it, yeah. yeah. It, it's really brilliant because not only is he learned from Herschel and learned from Shane. He's yeah. from the walkers themselves. And we've, there has actually been a moment where they talked about that. I think it was maybe Michonne who said that. Mm. Um, that, that the walkers have changed them as well. Like now the walkers are part of what's keeping them alive, I think was a point somewhere back uh, a couple episodes ago. I don't know. They, they've had to definitely adapt to this new scenario and becoming a little bit like the walkers is part of that. Uh, clearly saved a day here. Yep. Uh, she says, what, a, uh, continues. Wait, is this? Yeah. Um, what about Terminus? Friendly, they are not. I noticed they're deliberately mm-hmm. driving Rick and his crew along a trail marked A, yep. leading to the cart marked A. This makes it reasonable to assume there's a trail B, but who okay. is it? 
Then in cart B, is B for the weaker stock, right, for picking? <laughs> We've, it's for the Eugenes of the world, Yeah, right? If Eugene wasn't with Abraham, he would have been in path B. It's for, like, Eugene, Dale would be in there. Oh, yeah. Dale would definitely be in there. Uh, Lori would be in there. Peggy L. writes, um, what if the Terminus group is sacrificing people to walkers? It struck me they've lasted a long time, or at least they say they have, and while there are random zombies in the area, there aren't many to be seen around the gates of Terminus. Maybe it's not just hmm. the humans they're being funneled in, but walkers as well. Walkers that are keeping fat and happy and maybe docile with a lifetime supply of people? What hmm. if they see feeding people to walkers as a kind of religious sacrifice that keeps them safe? There was a whiff of cult hmm. about these people. Yeah, the More candles than a whiff. and the – sure. Um, obviously, this is just speculation. I do think they must have accepted a lot of people through the Terminus Gates, but they don't seem to have a huge population of regulars there who need to be fed. Oh, well, you know, facts and evidence and all. Um, uh, it seems to be quite a surplus of people, and nobody loves to eat tasty people more than walkers. That's true. I think this is some kind of religious observance. Uh, I think this is some kind of coffee theory. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that there is anything necessarily on the screen to support it, but it is speculation at its finest. This is the kind of stuff I love. Right on. Maxwell G. said, during the utter destruction of the claimed group, it seemed that Badass Daryl was thrashed pretty convincingly at the outset. I would think that as acknowledged force to be reckoned with, that they, Joe's group, would have secured him in some way once he made his true allegiance known. Certainly he recovered and contributed at the end, but is this another indicator that DD isn't infallible or unbeatable? I don't recall seeing Daryl being really pummeled before other than by Merle. Yeah, he got jumped by a bunch of dudes. Yeah, and he was also kind was... of in self-sacrifice mode, right? Yeah, I mean, he was right out in the middle, and he got attacked from behind. He dropped his bow. Mm. You know, bow man without his bow, just a man. <laughs> sure. Bow, just man ain't shit. <laughs> That's true. Uh, his play of these pretty these are good people seem pretty weak, too. No stratagems from Daryl. How about a little subterfuge to get a weapon to Rick? Uh, like, say, offer to Joe to work Rick over for him to prove he's really part of the group, and then get in close and pass him a knife. That's some solid, solid uh, rewrites here. Sure. I'd be for that. Uh, like you said, though, I think he's definitely thinking on his feet. Like he just saw, oh, God, this is Rick. I need to get out there and stop him from being shot in the head because there's a gun to I'm him. I'm just saying if Sonny the Robot could figure this out and I, Robot, with Will Smith, <laughs> Daryl fucking Dixon <laughs> could figure this out, you know? Maybe so. Maybe um, so. I love just throwing out pop culture references that probably 10 people listening get. No, I think, like, ah, I see yeah. what you did there. I think 12 people saw 12, I, Robot. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, Rick, uh, so anyway, a little subterfuge. Uh, Rick and Michonne seemed to hesitate in acknowledging that him. I got the sense that they were waiting for him to try something. That might be a bit much mm, to yeah. ask from Daryl, though he hasn't shown a devious, sly, or tricky side to his per personality. That may be the one telling reason he will never be a leader in this world and may not be long for it. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> The Terminus sequence also left me questioning the group's decisions. It was a very, uh, it was very smart to go off the tracks to approach Terminus and to cache weapons outside, mm -hmm. allowing the entire group to enter after a mere minutes of observing the Terminites. <laughs> uh, maybe if they yeah. had actually seen anyone doing anything normal, but smart after seeing nothing at a location that supposedly was a sanctuary for everyone for miles around. Huh. Nope. I think I would have kept an eye on them for a bit longer, then maybe entered with two of my group with a prearranged time interval to wait before the other half knew something was amiss. Good point. Once Rick's suspicions were aroused, wouldn't have made much better sense to make some excuse to get out peacefully other than start a hostage situation. That's 
uh, two excellent rewrites. Um, sure. And I can't say that those aren't clearly better. No, uh, I think they are better, but pre-planning, not, clearly not the forte of this group. Yeah, I mean it's it was good no to see it. rendezvous point. It was good to see it. At least they thought to scope it out first. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean you're expecting too much of this. Group. I also I think <laughs> that it I mean here's just I don't think this is an excuse but it's a reason um it would have been a poor cliffhanger for if, them to like see Rick, what was going like on. Like Rick and Carl surrender themselves and then tell Michonne and Daryl, "Hey, here's all these guns." Um, you know, if you, you don't see us come out, like, and give the high sign within however long. Yeah. This really says, then there's how bad the shit. fuck are they going to get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. They're all in a train car with no weapons. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that would not be as much of a cliffhanger, right? Right. I don't know. I also feel like maybe, well, I don't know. It doesn't, cause he didn't know that going in, but I also don't think that Rick felt very intimidated by these people and still isn't. Yeah, apparently. So, uh, D. Uh, Dombrowski says, uh, people have been saying for a long time how badass a character of, uh, that, that Daryl is and against zombie horde, maybe, but the show writers have left him completely underdeveloped in the area of violence against other survivors, and I've been disappointed at that, with the small exception of killing the tank driver. <laughs> that immediate violence oh, yeah. that Rick can bring to a tense situation of survivors is, in my opinion, the best part of the show. The zombies are a catalyst for standoffs there. Rick's and fuck you for trying explosion on Joe's group just replaced <laughs> the end of Nebraska as my favorite scene of the series. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, he's got a good point about Daryl not really being very violent to people. That, oh, he can that, take out a mean walker, but that might be a little, another little brother status then. Could be. I just, mean, we know he's tougher following. acting than he is actually doing mm, unless when it comes yeah. to the, the walkers. Uh, although he did kill a tank barehanded, this, some of this might be a little much. Be a little, yeah. Much. But I mean, that's just him being badass. <laughs> it's an inanimate object. It's like he had he sure. had the GI Joe rules. The, he shot the, the tank, not the man in it. Yeah, the man in it was a, a innocent bystander. Yeah, as, as far as he's concerned, he's expecting to come out and the guy to bail out. He shot down <laughs> a plane. Obviously, a parachute's going to pop out. Sure. Uh, J.J. Reinhold says this episode we saw exactly what the group and Rick especially are willing to do to survive and keep each other safe. Rick really had a moment of temporary insanity where he gutted the fat man who was about to rape Carl. <laughs> he had it coming, sure, but Rick went the extra mile and made the dudes suffer. Oh, this yeah. ended up scaring Carl, but I think in the long run he'll come around to respecting his dad more in contrast to how we felt earlier this half season. Hmm. I don't even know if it scared Carl. We're, we still don't know exactly That's what's going the on thing, in his thing, right? He's going on, he, JJ's going the opposite direction with kind of where I went with it. Which was Carl is kind of more of a bad person or more of a gung ho killer than his father is. Right. He's going the other way. Like he was worried about oh, Rick. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's disturbing, Dad. Yeah. For, I don't think he'll be throwing Shane in his dad in his dad's face anytime soon, though. Oh yeah. No, he might get gutted. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm not going to gut you. You know I'll do it. Uh, Lindsay from Oregon. I never felt more connected to the characters in the last scene than the last scene with them in the boxcar. I felt as though I was standing. Uh, Cliffhanger. No, my note thing. Where was, was she standing? Wigged out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt though I was standing among them, and Rick was ta- talking to me. This relatability has been missing from the series for a while now, mainly because the characters are often so irrational, frustrating, weak, and flat out stupid. It's great to finally relate to the characters once again. I was reminded why I liked the series in the first place. 
The episode also left me with tons of questions, as most finales do. What was up with the room with all those candles and people's names on the floor? There were tokens in front of the names. I saw a guitar in front of one name, a soccer ball in front of another, also one with a basketball. Who do you guys? What do you guys think this means? Um, well, we definitely talked about this. That in the zombie apocalypse, European football has surpassed American <laughs> football in terms of the nation's heart, and that's what the true yeah. tragedy is. Well, it's it's. <laughs> It's a combination of the the three, really. You play guitar, you play soccer, and you play basketball all at the same time. It's a new apocalypse sport. All right, you must be <laughs> playing the guitar at your feet while also. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, I'm not okay. going. I'm not going to follow that joke. All right, fair enough. Uh, I also note, uh, but what do you, I mean? We kind of discussed that already, as far as we did, what yeah. individual totems mean. Mm-hmm. Um, also, notice upon second viewing that when Rick and the gang run through Terminus past the pit with bones. You hear the screaming and cries for help. Yeah. Uh, actually, Lindsay prompted us to rewatch it again because we missed that on all of our rewatches. Uh, and I'll be damned. She's right. Yep. Um, do you think Beth could be in there or even Carol or Tyrese who were traveling to Terminus last we saw? So it sounded like maybe Beth, right? That's who we both kind of thought maybe that might be. Mm. Uh, it was kind of a, a non-distinct voice. And and. For people who are looking for this and going to go rewatch the episode, it's not during the Bones part. It's, it's right after, after it. it. Yeah. yeah. They'll run past two boxcars stacked on top of each other. Uh-huh. Rick does kind of this curious double take. Um, it, it could be either of them, honestly. We listen. I didn't sound like Beth or Carol, honestly. No? Okay. No, but who knows? We could be wrong. Perfect One strangers. more question. What was with the powdered milk outside the boxcar? What? I guess there were stacks of powdered milk outside the boxcar. Oh, well, I mean, look at Gareth. He's clearly a powdered milk fan. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. What if, if these, if we go at the cult angle, okay. that they spare, like, young young children and babies, like a Judith Oh, because that way they can them raise they, them yeah, as their own. There's the only way they can trust them is if they br- bring them in and raise them as their own. So what if they have captured Carol and Tyrese, and oh, they're in shit. B, and they have Judith now? B is for baby! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we figured it out! Fuck, the code has been cracked. <laughs> Sorry, Gimple, you're going to have to do something really inventive to fool us. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, that would be a cool angle. That would be a cool angle if they... Because you can indoctrinate a baby. It's much harder to indoctrinate someone who is immediately offended by you shooting at them. <laughs> uh, Nathan P says the scene where Rick becomes his, in- or uh, the scene where Rick takes on his inner zombie and bites out Joe's neck was awesome for me. I guess this was what Lincoln meant by alternate melee weapons. The bite. Yeah. Mm, I yeah. Guess his teeth is chompers. We've never seen that before. No, no, no. You certainly wouldn't bite a Walker. <laughs> Um, my only gripe is I felt like this episode was kind of a mid-season finale instead of the end of the season. It seems that this season can be mm. split between the first half finishing off season three due to Mazera, the Mazera business and this half starting a whole new plot. Aside from the Carol Lizzie plot, there was no real connection between the halves, which kind of sucks, but still the development was good in preparation for next season. Oh, I disagree with that last statement that there was no connection. I think Rick has a huge connection between the two plots. Carl as well. Uh, well, hold on a second. I got two more sentences, and then okay. you can just run with that, man. I'm not going to rail on it too much, but okay. Also, not rail, run. We, right. rail, we don't want to rail our listeners. We, we just want to run, run on them. them. We run with them. Run with them. Run with them. Or run against them. But you don't want to rail them. Christ, what is this? Yeah. Let their barbaric <laughs> terminus of a podcast? Uh, we're going to railroad them. 
You could railroad right, them. Right to terminus. You could railroad them. Right you into an A car. You can't rail them. Um, <laughs> also, there was only one real meaningful death, R.I.P. Herschel, except for the governor, who we all wanted dead anyway, and the girls likewise. Okay. Okay. So, how is the Carol Lizzie plot tied in with Rick? Uh, well, the Carol Lizzie plot is tied over from, you know, the... <laughs> The Walker feeding. Oh, oh, oh you're during saying the aside from okay, I'm, I'm and I'm sorry. saying also Rick is a tie, Carl is a tie. I mean, all these seeds, no pun intended, have been planted in the first half of the season, and now we're we're reaping the benefits of it. Yep, I think that I think they need he needs more get... than any other season they've done that this season. Sure, um, I think they could stand to tighten up the narrative a little bit. Maybe this is what suffered from a 16 Why? episode you know, mm. two filming period thing that it's just, you know, something magic about the 13 episode season. Why would you say they need to tighten up narrative? Because what didn't you like about it? was a long way to go for little water. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, their pump stopped working. <laughs> Carol tried to fix it, but <laughs> it didn't work out. Three. <laughs> no, that uh, was the first half of season four, man. Oh, you're right. The water yeah, plot. During back, the, back the, the infection. Theory epsilon. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I got spoilers. Okay, and, perfect. And not a ton of them. Well, take us out then, and we'll get to those. If you would like to leave us more feedback. Oh, I forgot. We don't have an episode next week, but we, we will don't. have a podcast because we're doing our characteristic season wrap-up. I would um, not expect that on Tuesday. I would expect it Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, we're kind of a little bit loosey-goosey on that schedule. Stay yeah. tuned to baldmove.com or facebook.com slash baldmove or Twitter at baldmove if you want to know the second that shit drops because that's how we announce it. Yep. Uh, or keep your ears peeled on our feeds. Um, but I think I gave everything except for if you'd like to send an email, because that's basically the only thing we actually read on the show mm-hmm. is emails. Um, do it at watchingdead at baldmove.com. We'd love to see what your overall thoughts are in the season. We've got some more things to talk about. And Absolutely. Other than that. Yeah, we'll be back spoilers. next week. Yeah. And then uh, I'm – I'm really hyped for next season with the the cliffhanger here, and we'll talk about that more next week for sure. Yeah, again, I feel like yeah, I, I we seem like we always end this in a hopeful note. <laughs> but can can get can if they can just tighten the screws down a little bit and get some get some better hands behind the cameras. I think they've been turning those screws though. They've taken Mazera's wild off the rails train and they've diverted it back i just like you can't do that all at once right take five percent of what you made (laughs) the amazing spider-man or hyundai yeah and and get a get some get a good writer's bullpen and a good stable of directors i think they they should obviously keep scott gimple writing because he's he's great from what we've seen uh angela kang did a fantastic job this episode there's a couple of writers that i know Keep them in Walking Dead. I'm going to be happy. Well, I'm going to. I, I think um, one thing I'm going to do as an experiment is go through and look at all the writer director combos of this season and probably last season too. Yeah, and kind of like give them a rating as far as their experience level, and then in a double blind experiment, I'm going to ask you to rate the episodes. Okay, and then we'll see if there's a correlation between uh, strength of writing directing pair and quality episode. I suggest, cause I've looked at this a little bit for the first half of the season. I mm-hmm. think it's a very clear correlation. Okay. But again, small sample size. And I, I haven't just, looked at it. So it just makes, it just makes good sense. Yeah. You know, um, anyway, let's get on to spoilers. And right. if you don't want to care to join us there, hopefully you'll be back next 
week. If not, yeah. Game of Thrones, baby. Week after that, <laughs> Mad Men. We got something that will rope you in. Yeah, Game of Thrones, Mad Men, and the week after that, same week as Mad Men, Fargo. Oh, really? Is it the same? I thought it was the week after. Uh, it's the 18th, it's I It's the believe. 13th and the 15th or 18th, yeah. Okay. So I, I count Sunday as a new week anyway. All right. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. I, too, hold Sunday as the start of a new week. See ya. <laughs>with the spoiler section t mill says i think that rick and crew will take over terminus and renovate under new leadership terminus will become alexandria all the survivors and rail cars will be citizens in the new community bam t mill said our best hope for season five yeah that's optimistic after the gun shooting maze right why i i don't feel like everybody's just gonna get out of this scot-free you think i mean now that we're in the spoiler section cannibal city they're they're in fucking Cannibal City. I don't think people are going to get out of here. No one's as going, easily it, as no one in Boxcar A is going to be eaten. Eight, eight up. No way. I don't believe you. It. Don't think that Maggie could have her leg eaten off. What? Per, I mean, <laughs> it would be kind of fitting considering the fate of her father with his leg. Ah, uh, or Beth, or Beth could be in the Boxcar B. Shouting. Be for Beth. Be for Beth. Be for babies. Be for bullshit. <laughs> but Beth takes care of babies. So she would logically oh. be in the B car. She's beat up three different ways. She would be. That's a bad sign. Um, be for bad sign. Be for bad sign. <laughs> My God. This is becoming so clear. It is. Um, but no, I, I could dig that. I could, And it also would save you know AMC's fetish for saving money because they could reuse the set. Sure. And I feel, still think there's a lot of juice there in the post-apocalyptic life making it happen, um, uh, melon to squeeze. Yeah, and I mean, if they're going to go with we need Farmer Rick and we need neck-biting Rick, then, you know, Farmer Rick might have to chip in. Although I still think that this show works better on the road. It has this season, I think. So I mean, Once I they got out of the prison, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't know how to reconcile that versus them being stuck in one spot in one location. But yeah. anyway, Jeff Finn says it's going to be interesting to see how our group gets out of this jam. I think it's safe to assume that Tyrese and Carol will help them from outside, but could Beth's captor be a hero too? I haven't read the comics, but listen to your spoiler section, so I'd love to hear what uh, this could be from the comics. Um, the Archangel, Gabriel. Gabriel. Nah, Gabriel ain't going to be the one. I, 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 so here's Well, the we're thing. talking about maybe Gabriel being it's, the one who picked it, up Beth. It seems like this is another Kirkman remix, and... Yeah. Um... We are getting the Hunter storyline told through the lens of, you know, this post-apocalyptic cult, okay? Is Gareth a character in the Hunter storyline? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I haven't read that far, so, okay. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's got, he seems like he's just got just a plain old... You know, dumb white guy name. Yeah. Joe, for example. <laughs> okay. And this All is not... apologies to Joe's out there. <laughs> Dumbass white guy name. Right. I mean, it's my, it's my middle name, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, fair enough. Uh, did this happen anything like it happened in the comics as far as them getting trapped at, at a spot that was, you know, led to as salvation? 
uh, and touted as salvation. No. Like I said, I they weren't they weren't led there under false pretenses, and then no, the hunters actually up. hunted people. Okay, so they were out and about, yeah, hunting like looking for people. you know uh, weak ones to pick off and then take. So this back. is a big remix. Thing. It is, it is, and okay. I, I, I'm still somewhat chagrined that they gave away such a tight little three episode arc. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I I can't complain with what we got in the final episode. If it's sure, if that's the average level of quality for next year, I will be a happy camper. Finally, yeah, and I like the nods that they give to the people who know that these were cannibals with the bones. Um, with the meat on the grill and Mary out there up, up front, first thing you see is the meat on the grill. I will say, if they want it's to introduce another badass character, although I think there's we're too loaded with badasses now. I think Maybe that a little. Yeah. Abraham and or Daryl have to die. But there's the character of Jesus. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about him. It's like Tony Jai. Ja. Ja, is that the, how you The ja? Thai well, kickboxer guy. Hey, if I can butcher Martinez, I'm, <laughs> right. well, I'm, I'm, I, will, I, I will butcher the... Uh, People over there in Pan Asia. What would you call that? Pacific Asia? Thailand? Thailand? <laughs> that's what I would call it because that's where he's from. I don't okay. know. Okay. I, I the region? I, I, I don't know. Butcher, I can butcher Thai names uh, with with anyone. Okay. Yes, like, you can. Like Tony Jai butchers his foes. Uh, just beat that name up with giant elephant bones. <laughs> Elbows and knees. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just, just mangle it. Wreck every major joint of that name. I'll put another syllable. It's Jai. Is his name. Okay. Um, he is like this kind of like, I don't know. He looks like Jesus. Like if you took Jesus out of okay, a Baptist, long hair, skinny white guy. Yeah. And you throw a wool knit cap on him, give him insane like uh, parkour and jujitsu skills. Perfect. That's who you got. It seems like it should be a load of horse shit. It sounds really, really bad. Yeah. But it <laughs> really is cool by the time you get there. Is it? Do they approach it subtly, or do they just go balls to the wall and it's just too cool to resist? He is like, I mean, he, I guess he's like the comic ver, comic form of Daryl Dixon. Is he, he a character? In, he's like Batman. He's so physically skilled against, and by this point in the series, one of the plot lines is there's very little ammunition left. Okay. So people are going back to like spears and knives and shit like that, and he's just fucking wrecking these guys. It's literally you... like something out of the Batman video game. He drops into the ring of them and just wrecks okay. them. Okay. I was going to make a comparison style. to like, could you see him in a Dawn to Dusk movie? Oh like yeah. A Quentin Tarantino sure. production. Yeah, he's very pulpy. Okay. But I mean, he gets he gets pretty fucking pulpy. There's a, a there's. A... I'm a little worried about that because the tone this show has tried to strike it's been very dramatic and very serious and. A lot of areas. Yeah, they it, and, to go full pulp might be a bad move for this it, show now at this point. And where they tend to have problems in Lost in Translation mm-hmm. is translating that because the governor is very pulpy and they yes, fucked that up. You're right about that. Although I think they've handled Michonne really, really well, and she has the potential to be very pulpy. Certainly, she's actually already a better. Uh, her character in the comic book is good. She's yeah. already a better character than you know, okay. hundred episodes into the uh, comic. All right. So not the same Jesus that we see in the Big Lebowski. Not of Nazareth, <laughs> no. At okay, or, or that one, yeah. Um, let's see. I hope I gave you enough uh, juice to work with there, Jeff. Uh, Nathan P. says, I can see the Hunter's plot line being altered for next season to incorporate Terminus. Uh, these Hunters would rely mm-hmm. more on the trusting nature of others rather than being super sneaky. They seem to have a near cult-like group. 
which leads them yeah. to the idea that they only kill people rather than trust anyone. To me, it looks like Tyrese yeah. and Carol are the most likely candidates to go. Tyrese may die as a sacrifice to save everyone, probably in the same way as Dale, and I can see Car- Car- Carol dying in a similar fashion to Lori in the comics, i.e. running with Judith. Beth's fate is still ambiguous, so she could be already captured by the group, her trusting fashion, or may mm-hmm. prove herself a true survivor and roll in to save everyone. Still haven't heard a better theory than Beth being hit by a car. Yeah. And this is all a big misunderstanding. She's off in a medical coma somewhere. And um, if they do, if, if uh, Rick does take over and uh, tear up, you know, Terminus from the floor up and renovate that sucker, uh, I could see Beth coming back just because people are going to naturally follow Terminus. Sure. I think with all the signs out there, yeah. Uh, he has a good point about Tyrese and Carol being likely to go. I think their story to a large degree has come to an end. I mean, Carol has taken this this really dark path in a lot of ways, um, but also become much, much stronger. But her resolution with Tyrese in the Grove, now where does that leave her? I... Her and Daryl are really the only thing, like, is that going to happen? Is that not going to happen? That's the only thing that interests me, I guess, about her at this point. Yeah, and I think... We alluded to this uh, during the whole Lizzie uh, Chronicles. Yeah. We haven't really seen anyone in our group truly become insane. Rick has dabbled. Rick has dabbled. <laughs> He's played with insanity. But, yeah. like, to see someone just reach that turning point where... Well, Lizzie never reached it because she was already there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, like, what if Carol snaps that Hmm. that her line between saving people and killing people you know goes the other way and she becomes kind of like not an evil character but a confused uh, character a confused character like the the nurse lady from the uh uh pre-season webisodes that uh sure um what's his face directed now your hero that's nick nick nolte uh Nick. No, who's the the, the zombie master? I've... Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero. Jesus uh, Christ. It, the interesting thing about that is we saw that evolution, right? We've seen it from the beginning. I mean, the very beginning with Ed. Mm. We know what kind of woman she is at that point. There's a lot of stew in there to make an interesting, uh, dramatically. Again, it's like people's like, oh, Aaron, you're rooting for another some some more bad shit. I'm no, just saying that would I be a dramatically yeah. interesting thing. It and would then... be, and the reason it wasn't with Lizzie is because we never saw any of the reason. Why she was insane. Right. But we – yeah, I can And with I can Carol, see... we see it from from A to B, from the A train to the B train. We see it all. Yeah. And, you know, there's two arguments to be made that if Rick has to take her back, it kind of erodes a little bit of his decision-making ability. Um, but if he doesn't take her back, he kind of comes up as a hypocrite because he just tore a man's throat out and gutted him <laughs> like a fish. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the one was necessary. Him gutting like a fish was not, not that was not him necessary. enjoying it. Oh yeah, arguably worse than someone mercy killing, trying to save. You know, Carol's only crime, as far as I'm com- is concerned, is she did not work within the legal establishment of her chosen society. Yes, uh, what she the did council was not informed is ethically and morally up for debate. It's not. I'm not going to say it's all right or all wrong. Um, I kind of lean down. And even Tyrese, the one most affected by this at the end, he understands. Right. So that's the thing I think, uh, and I wish they'd 
talked about that, that like, you know, Rick's like, look, I'm not judging what you did and I'm not judging you. Sure. That would be a good point to make. But I can't trust you because we had what little laws we have left. They were, you broke as Daryl would say, they were stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> but there at was least a code. Were we something. had a code. We had a prison council. You were on the fucking council. Yeah. You know, it's like, what would you do if some random jackass just stepped forward and decided he was going to kill the people? I mean, you can't have that. Sure. So, I don't know. Um, Any other emails? or No, no, we're to... done. We're oh, that's talk- it? We're just talking, man. All right. Well, Bald we've been talking. After hours. We've been talking for two hours, and I, I think that's probably good until the recap episode, the season recap. Because uh, I, I have a lot to say on this season as a whole. Yeah, and, me too. and we can just save that for next week. So people who are interested, join us on probably Wednesday or Thursday. Yep. Uh, until then, uh, I'm Jim. Sayonara. I'm Sayonara. Aaron.